Do you know a high schooler who is a natural leader and loves to give back to their community? The Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's Student Visionaries of the Year program might be the perfect opportunity. Forming strong teams to support them, Student Visionaries of the Year candidates fundraise for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This seven-week philanthropic leadership development program helps students gain valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship. Not to mention, it looks great on college applications. But most importantly, it's a chance for students to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on the lives of blood cancer patients and their families. Learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students. With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It is Monday, February 7th, and we are delighted that you are joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you had a great weekend. And I uh, hope you loved that interview over the weekend. I, I know I did. I'm going to just like bookmark it, Mark, so I can keep going back to understanding what the metaverse really is. Mark and I were a little bit, I have to say our heads were spinning a bit, right? That was a little tough for us. I mean, and you're closer in technological age. You should be able to kn- know this. You know, I, who's, whose last game was Pong and Leisure Suit Larry, you know, I have nothing to give you except that I want to learn and I'm not going to be a curmudgeon, Mark. I'm not, I'm going to learn these things. I'm going to be embracing these new technologies, even when I have no idea what they are. That's me. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to channel my inner Ted Lasso. Do you need help channeling your inner Ted Lasso? Do you need help making decisions? Do you need help understanding what the choices in your life that you made 20 years ago, where that leaves you today and what you should do next? That's what we are here for. You know, sometimes we can't go back and correct the past. I think that it does help sometimes to just say, you know, was I crazy to think that? No. And and circumstances change. So let's change as circumstances change. Let's take what is the really best of today and bring it forward and figure out how you can get to the next best place in your financial life. Okay. So all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com and you click the contact us button and you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your question. And at the bottom of the form, it says, would you like to come on the air with us? And if you click yes, we're going to try like heck to get you on the air. And I want to tell you how hard Mark works. When we have some technological snafus, he works with you to help get you on the air. That's what he did with Diane from California because we were supposed to talk to her last week. We had a little tech snafu. And um, Diane, do you want to put a plug in for how great Mark is right now? Mark is the best. He was, he was so kind and so patient. I'm not technologically savvy. And so when I ran into some roadblocks trying to get ready for the podcast and speaking with you, 
he was so helpful and, and I really appreciated his calm demeanor. So it went well and he's the best. He is the best. You know, what sometimes happens is that I go off the rails a little bit. I know you can hear that in my voice sometimes. If I ever direct it at Mark, he's like, okay, that's what he does. He goes, okay. And then he kind of hangs up and just says like, that's enough. So Diane, tell us what brings you to our airways. How can we help you out? Well, uh, I'm 67. My husband is 66 and we are retired. And for right now, we're doing really well. Um, you know, plenty of income, um, no financial pressures. And that's a good thing. But me being who I am, I, I'm always concerned about the future. So I'm thinking, okay, we're good now. But I'm looking at galloping inflation. I'm looking at an uncertain world. And I'm thinking, do we have enough? Was our planning sufficient? We're good now, but what about five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? So I just wanted objective observer whose opinion I value to kind of look at our situation and either say, oh my gosh, you have completely lost your mind and none of this makes any sense. Or, you know, you're, you're on a good path and you'll still be okay in 20 years or something in between. Okay. I can do that. And Mark is also listening with his CFP ears as well. So Diane, you're 67 and 66. So you're both retired. Tell us about the income that you are receiving. Let's start with the simple stuff right now. uh, How about your social security? Let's see. My social security is 1881 a month and my husband's is 2,500 a month. What other sources of income do you have? Probably 90% of our net worth is tied up in real estate. Wow. I'm really, really glad that we did that. Jill, I've always loved real estate. I love the tangibility of it. I love the fact that you can touch it, you can see it. Uh, We do have some retirement accounts and uh, stocks and bonds, mutual funds, that sort of thing. But I have always been drawn to real estate. And so early on in our marriage, we started acquiring rental real estate. And so now we have, oh gosh, uh, about almost $5 million in real estate. So I can break that down for you if you'd like. Hold on a second. Mark, you see, this is where we need some sort of like sounder, which is cue the hate mail. I don't know if this will garner hate mail because it's not, it's not stocks. It's not cash. It's in real estate. Of the five million dollars, is that all the rental, or is there uh, is a is a um, principal included in that? Is there a principal residence? The principal is included in that, and we own all of it outright except for our primary residence. We do still have a, a mortgage on that, but everything else is free and clear. Let's take the primary out of it. So the primary is worth how much? Two million. And that has how much of a mortgage? Five fifty-five. And what's the interest rate? Three point seven five. So then that leaves me $3 million in rental properties, right? Yes. Great. And I cannot believe that's free and clear. That's wild. Near you, do you manage it? Like, how do you, how do you work this? We found out early on that a good property manager is worth their weight in gold. Oh, my gosh. That, that's, the, that's money that we spend every month, and we're happy to do it because it just takes so much of the day-to-day minutiae. Mm. managing properties out of our laps. And when the water heater blows up at two in the morning, we don't even get a phone call. You know, a good property manager is essential in my mind. Fantastic. So if you look at your cash flow after the property manager, um, what does it break down to on that $3 million? I can give you the um, the monthly income on each of the properties. and then- Let's do it. And we can do, we can do the adding. Mark, 
get ready to put your calculator to work. See, sometimes I like to cue him like that so I don't have to do it. Okay, so let's do each. How many properties comprise $3 million? Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six. Six? Wow. Yeah. Six properties. Give us the list. How much each one? <sighs> Three condos that rent for um, fifteen about sixteen hundred each a month. The HOA fees on each of those, which is about three hundred a month. We have um, a single family home that rents for thirty one hundred a month. Mm-hmm. No HOA. Uh, that's free and clear. Mm-hmm. We have a an industrial condo um, which my husband uses for his little sideline business. So there's no rental income. It's just part of our net worth uh, mm-hmm. in real estate. Mm-hmm. And then happily, we own half of a, a commercial industrial building in Las Vegas. The other half is owned by my husband's brother. It's a triple net lease, which is the best thing on the entire planet. The lease on that is 12600 a month, and my husband gets half of that, so 6300 Holy crap. And that's the net Right. So when people, okay. So when you said, just want to make sure I understood this, like the 1600 times three, it's 300 HOA for each of the units, right? Okay. I got it. So it's, it's really 1300 times three. I got it. Hey, I can do math with the best of them. Mark, do you have our total for our rental income net of uh, those HOA fees? Uh, If I did it correctly, it's about 13,300. That's a lot of money. It is. It is. And as you say, it sounds almost absurd to say, oh, my gosh, do we have enough? And Jill, as I say, for right now, we're fine. But my how much money are you spending? I tallied up all of our expenses uh, and it came to, excuse me, eight thousand dollars a month. And that's everything. That's That's not just covid spending. That's like, okay, no real money. Okay. Yes, that's all our fixed expenses. It's our discretionary. Mm -hmm. Also, the thousand dollars a month that we um are paying on my husband's industrial condo where he's running his um, business, the HOA fee there, uh, the electric and the cable for his little business site. You got some grown kids or are you? We um, don't. We no kids. Everyone who's listening, do you know why there's so much money here? There's no kids that are sopping it up because I'm, t- I'm only kidding you. I, I only, I bet, but it does, it, there's, I always say to my friends who have children, I may be paying somebody to take care of me and you may have your children, but I will have the money to do that. And so will you. And and you also, just for fun, just tell us a little bit about, you know, the money that you have that's in investments just for the heck of it. Yeah, um, it totals about $2.3 million, um, and it's broken out. Uh, we have a big cash position, um, almost a million dollars. Uh, because we sold two of our rental properties last year. Mm. Jill, we're really trying to simplify our lives as we get older. And we had two properties that we'd owned for years, 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 years. They were older properties. They were maintenance intensive and they still had mortgages. And we got to the point where we said, let's just sell them. We're not going to 1031 into another property. Yeah. We're going to sell them, pay the taxes, pay the taxes. And whatever's left over is ours to spend. So um, that was almost a million dollars right there. And then there's um, a couple of IRAs um, at Vanguard with index funds and a pretty heavy cash position there as well. We're rather risk adverse, as you can see. Okay, that's fine. Uh, I mean, you, got, then, you, got, you took the risk a long time ago and it's paid off. I'll tell you that. That's, much. Right. that's right. And then we've got a couple of Fidelity IRAs, uh, a small 
Roth IRA at Fidelity, some I bonds, miscellaneous stuff that I I piled together at uh, the two point three million um, figure. Let's just have fun for a second, sure. okay? Let's just say that the real estate market collapses. Yes. It's not going to collapse in half, but let's right. just say, but let's say it did. Let's say the value of the real estate, instead of being 3 million, goes to one and a half million. Yep. And let's just say that all of a sudden the income also drops, probably wouldn't drop in half, but let's just say that you go from 13 grand to, I don't know, like, well, you know, the Las Vegas lease is the big part of it. And how long is that lease? Um, it still has a little over two years to run. And it, the tenant has been there for, oh, gosh, uh, 10 years. Uh, okay. They signed a five-year lease and then they did a five-year extension. We have no reason to think that they won't do that again. But mm-hmm. even if they don't, um, we're okay with that. All right. I mean, like, honestly, let's just say that you go from 13000 to, I don't know, 7500 just just for wacky craziness. And let's say that all of that is happening amid a huge stock market crash where um, you're 2.3 million, really 1.3 million, because we know you have a million dollars in cash, turns into, I don't know, 500 grand for a while. You know, right. like, it just gets lops off there. Yep. Um, so now um, I'm still going to tell you that you're fine. Absolutely fine. Because even... Even if, and it is so highly unlikely that your rental income goes from over thirteen thousand to seventy five hundred. But again, let's pretend it does. You have seventy five hundred. You've got two social security checks. You have a million dollars in cash to kind of soothe your soul as we get through whatever this horrible thing. These like multiple bubbles explode at once. You're fine. You are fine. There is nothing that you need to worry about at all. I think the Las Vegas property is sort of a unique sort of standalone. Yeah. I mean, obviously, if prop, if the three condos or the single family, if any of this becomes onerous, there is a great case to be made that you pay the taxes and you move on. And, and when you sold that property, those two properties that were sort of the pain in the ass properties, yes. were you surprised at like, wow, this is like heavy duty taxes because of all that depreciation you had to recapture? Or were you like, okay, that's fine. We were definitely in the, okay, that's fine category. It, it was a lot of money. And nobody enjoys writing a big check to the IRS and a, another big check to the uh, Franchise Tax Board here in California. Mm-hmm. But once those checks were written and we saw what was left, that was ours to do with as we please. Nobody else is going to be able to say, well, you know, you, you tried to do a 1031 and it failed. And, you know, no, there was no pressure. And that money just sits there happily in the bank. It's away a beautiful from thing. Direction. So I, I just want to ask you one other question about the 1031. So what, so for those of you guys listening, a 1031, we've had questions about this because people who own real estate have been and have owned for a long time. There's an embedded tax liability that exists with a lot of rental property. So there's a part of the IRS code section 1031 that allows you to take all of the taxable gain that you have 
and defer it until a later date by buying another property. Now, I've been hearing about folks in your situation who are using a 1031 exchange, um, but also doing it with a way with a more diversified holding instead of going one property to another. So did you consider doing that Delaware Corporation 1031 where you sort of get fractional ownership in many properties? Or were you like, eh, let's pay the tax and move on? Definitely, let's pay the tax and move on. We briefly considered a, a traditional 1031 that Jill, that real estate market, and especially uh, the commercial real estate market, because we were looking to perhaps buy another commercial piece of property, is crazed, absolutely crazed. There is no inventory. And the last thing you want to do is get started in a 1031 and then have to buy something with a gun to your head because the IRS regulations on 1031, the timeline is so stringent, so strict, and it cannot be extended for any reason. We just didn't want that pressure. We're right. trying to simplify, not drive ourselves crazy. And in my mind, if there's a problem that can be solved with money, that's an easy problem to solve. If oh, my God. You sound like my mother. Oh, my God. Here we go. This is this is Susan Schlesinger right here. It is my motto um, like of life, which is if we can solve it with money, it's not actually a problem. Exactly. Uh, as long as you have money, of course. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what money is for, to make your life easier, not to make it more stressful and complex as you try to multiply that money. No. So, so true. You're in such great shape. Uh, tell me that you've gone and done your estate planning, please. Absolutely. We have our living trust in place, uh, durable power of its attorneys, healthcare directives, all of that good stuff. I mean, I just want you to spend your money, have a great time, live your life. Don't worry. I don't even mind having a million dollars in cash. You know that there's a lot of people who are going to say to you, well, you know, 7% inflation. It's not going to stay 7%. Okay. Right. But even if it goes to 3%, which would be a big change, because that would mean we would go from sort of a 2%-ish inflation environment to 3%, you still have plenty of money. By the way, what is one of the best assets to own in a hyperinflationary market? Real estate. Yes. I'm so gung-ho for you guys. I think Thank it's you. great that what you've done, you know, if you feel like the cash is kind of like burning a hole in your pocket, just remember it's a huge insurance policy. It's fine. You don't really need to invest that. You could put some of it in some laddered CDs, but don't go crazy either. Like, it's good to have the cash. You never know. Exactly. And, and I've got a quick question for you if we still have some time. Sure. Should we go ahead and pay off our mortgage? Clearly, we've got the cash to do it. Mm. It would give me some emotional peace of mind just knowing that we did not owe one penny to anybody on earth because right now that is our only debt. Should we go ahead and pay it off? How many years are left on it? It's a seven-year adjustable. We've got four years until it adjusts. It's interest only. And we did that for a reason because we did not need to build any more equity in real estate. <laughs> we have plenty. So it's got four years till it adjusts, and we would definitely pay it off at that point. Should we pay it off sooner or should we refi? No, don't refi. Okay. I think no. I mean, you can accelerate it a little bit. Okay. So let's just say, okay, here's an idea. Now you're 72, four years, you're going to have to start taking some distributions from those retirement accounts, right? That's so, right. Yes. So maybe in four years, yeah, you can pay it off. And then as you start taking your distributions from retirement, you can just rebuild your cash. Yes, I like that. I wouldn't do it right now. 
Okay. There's nothing. There's no compelling reason. You have no tax deductions. It is literally your only tax deduction. <laughs> it really is. Yes. Yes. Um, except for the depreciation. Who gets all this crap when you guys die? Who's your lucky niece or nephew? Um, well, it's interesting you mentioned that. Unfortunately, uh, the family members that we're close to are all really well situated financially. So everything's going to charity. <gasps> I love you. Yeah. Yep, oh, yep, yep. that's so awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. What a Thank wonderful you. thing. God, Thank you. it's a beautiful thing. Diane? You're in fantastic shape. Mark and I are waving our magic wands and telling you to go off and do your thing. You have built a beautiful nest egg. You've done a fantastic job, a really unique situation. And I thank you so much for sharing it with us. And, you know, gang, if you want to be like Diane, I bet you I bet you one thing about Diane's situation. She and her husband didn't accumulate all these properties in the in a booming real estate market. So if you're looking for rental property right now, now now may not be the best time. You might want to wait a bit and just kind of see how things go. If you have rental property, take the lesson of Diane and her husband, which is if it's a pain in the neck, get rid of it, hire a property manager, but put these things on autopilot so you're not the one who gets the call in the middle of the night. Diane, thank you so much. This is great. Great, great, great news. I love starting the week on a strong footing. Uh, we are delighted to answer your questions. Maybe you've got a crappy rental property. I don't know, Mark. Is there anyone who owns rental real estate right now who's not making money? Like, where's the bad market? <laughs> Mark's like, you got to be really screwing up right now if that's the case. Um, we would be delighted to walk you through any real estate transactions. I just spoke to a lovely um, editor in the Viacom CBS family, and she was telling me that she was approved for a $1.6 million loan and she makes you ready for this $200,000. I'm like, what? Uh, yeah, exactly. So if, if just because you're approved for a big fat loan doesn't mean that's what you should go do. So I think there could be some excesses building in the real estate and the mortgage market. So if you've got a question about that, you want to run some numbers by us, please let us know. Go to jillonmoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. While you're there, sign up for the free weekly newsletter. I will not stop asking you to do this until I get to a milestone number. I want everyone to share this podcast. I want, I don't know why, because it doesn't really matter to me. They seem to be arbitrary numbers in some respects, but but the weekly newsletter is good because I'm writing this new book and the publisher loves to see newsletter volume. Mark, by the way, uh, seven out of 10 chapters done right now. So you wonder what I do with that time from four o'clock to six o'clock in the morning. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> so done. It's so much better than the first book. It, I mean, in terms of the process. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Pass this along. Check out our sister broadcast. It's called Eye on Money. And we remind you to please put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Someone needs a little pat on the back from you. I'm telling you that right now. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow. 